Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello and welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I am your host, Caleb McCall. I am so excited about today's show. We have Pastor Brother Don Wilkerson with us today. Um, And on the Recovery to Recovered podcast, we talk about things such as recovery and the church, what that looks like, um, what it sounds like. And uh, I'm just super pumped about today. You know, on on the Recovery to Recovered podcast, we believe there is a road to recovery, but it ends on a street called Redeemed. Um, that you are bought by the blood of Jesus, that he has redeemed you, he has made you whole, he has made you righteous and blameless before his sight. That's Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1, if you're looking for an address. And we just believe that. We teach our students that. And uh, just so pumped about today's show. Brother Don, how are you doing? So excited to have you here with us today. I'm doing good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Brother Don Wilkerson is the brother of the late, great David Wilkerson, and he helped pioneer... Teen Challenge. In episode one, uh, y'all heard my testimony. I shared my story. I shared my testimony and uh, of God's deliverance, God's goodness. Uh, and I would not have had a place to go to if it wasn't for you, Brother Don, and your brother pioneering the way, apostling this way, really. You know, uh, uh, the gift of an apostle. He, he goes and, and conquers an area and a territory. And you and your brother definitely conquered the territory of addiction and sin in young people's lives. And you um, built an organization that allowed men and women like me since 1958 to be discipled and to learn how to follow Jesus. And I am so excited to have you on the show today, Brother Don. So um, we only got around 30 minutes or so. uh, So I I just, I want to jump right into this thing. Um, Okay, go right ahead. Yeah. So, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, you and your brother and how this whole thing got started. Uh, You know, not a lot of people know. Tons of people do know. There is a few that doesn't know about the the nationally renowned program of Teen Challenge, um, which has been around since 1958. So if you don't mind, you mind to share a little bit of that with us about, you know, what happened with your brother when he called you on um, and and what it was that y'all wanted to accomplish through Teen Challenge. Yes, well, um, my first introduction to it is when I was in Bible school and a young lady came up to me and said, did you hear what happened to your brother? I said, (laughs) she said, well, apparently he went to New York City. He went into court to try to help some gang members and uh, they threw him out of court. This is the paper of the Pentecostal Bible-waving preacher who interrupted uh, the, the gang trial. Now, the gang trial... Uh, there, there was seven or eight uh, gang members in Manhattan who had murdered a crippled boy named Michael. Mm-hmm. The gangs were Hispanic. The crippled boy was an Italian. And it, was, it had racial overtones to it. But in that day, uh, that was unspoken. Um, mm-hmm. Still, it, was, it, it had racial overtones. So my brother goes to the court. There was a lot of tension around uh, the trial. And, and the judge, he went to the judge and said, I, I, I've come here as a, a preacher to try to help these boys. Uh, may I say a word? 
and the judge threw him out. Mm. And um, the story was in the new newspaper. And when I heard it, I just kind of smiled because my brother was always doing different things <laughs> on the edge in terms of ministry. And sure. so I didn't think anything of it. But then some um, sometime later, uh, on a weekend, my sister said to me, do you want to go to New York? Our brother is having a crusade for gangs in an arena. I said, sure, I'll go. So I went, and it just so happened, in the providence of God, I was the night that our most famous celebrated convert, the first convert, Nicky Cruz, yes, uh, vice president of the Mau Mau's, that he, um, he and his gang went forward. Mm -hmm. That was my kind of foretaste. I didn't think that I'd ever be involved because uh, I grew up in a preacher's home. Uh, my father was a pastor, and after school training, I had ever intention of going back and pastoring with him in Pennsylvania, a nice church. Yeah. But then my father suddenly died, mm. and uh, my dream, um, there went my dream. Mm. Uh, and so uh, that meeting in the arena was kind of like the seed that was planted in me, uh, kind of a foretaste, which I didn't even know that then the Lord would lead me. And then my brother called me when I was finishing school and asked if I would come and to help. And he actually gave me a, a prophetic word uh, on the phone and he followed up with a letter. And I mm. wish I had kept that letter wow. because he said in it, I see that there is a, a revival coming among the troubled youth uh, of our country because in the late, in, in the late fifties, uh, um, young people were coming to the forefront, began to rebel, and uh, there, there was a game they called chicken mm -hmm. in which two drivers would get in a car and they would drive towards each other to see who was gonna turn aside first. And the one that, that uh, turned aside was called the chicken. Wow. <laughs> and my brother wrote a track called The Chicken. Mm. And that was the beginning of uprising uh, mm. that eventually spread across the country. But at that time, it was just the inner city and the gangs. And so I went to join my brother. And um, we didn't have a rehab. We didn't have a center. Uh, we hadn't met a drug addict yet. Um, and uh, so um, we, we were just mainly doing evangelism. Right. Uh, among the gangs. Yeah. And one-on-one -on -one witnessing with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that was, uh, that was the beginning days. Right. Awesome. But then the gangs started using drugs mm. and over a period of about a year or so, the gangs were literally wiped out because of a little white powder that came in a cellophane bag known in those days, Caleb, I don't know if you remember any, these terms probably not used today. In those days, it was called H, it mm -hmm. was horse, it was called stuff. Mm -hmm. And they started using it. And when they start, first used it, they did what they called skin popping. They would put it into their muscles of their upper arm. Mm -hmm. And they were told, look, you're, you're not getting the best effect of it. You need to mainline it. Mm. And so um, the same gang members that we had gotten to know 
from our work on the streets, um, suddenly they, they were hooked on drugs. Mm. And wow. there was no place to go. Uh, we, bought, we bought a place uh, in Brooklyn to house workers to do street evangelism. We didn't buy it to do rehab. We mm. as an outreach evangelism center. But when, when the addiction problem uh, started uh, in, in the inner city, then we had to begin to bring, um, bring them in into it. And little by little, we began to develop the, the, the rehab part of it. And Caleb, what's interesting, in the days of the gangs, um, we thought because of the way we were raised that, you know, we would go out, they get saved, and then they go in the church and they'd live happily ever after. Uh, that's how naive we were. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, two things happened re regarding the gangs. Number one, the churches didn't want them. Yeah. Number two, the gangs just didn't, didn't relate to, uh, to, to church people. Sure. Uh, and, but then um, we, we were, you might, you might say that uh, the situation dictated uh, needing a residential place to get them off the streets and uh, detox them. Now, in those days, there wasn't, there were not detox centers. Now they're there's, they're everywhere. You right, right. Detox in many many places. Mm -hmm. There weren't in those days. So when when they would come in, they would they would have to go through what they call cold turkey. Right. And that's gave us an opportunity to minister to them, to pray for them. Right. Uh, and um, it didn't often happen, but occasionally it happened that some of them would be like instantly healed. Yeah. Pray for them the next day they get up and, and the chills were gone and so forth. But most of them had to go through the process of it. Right. Right. But it was in that process that gave us an opportunity to minister to them, to pray for them. Uh, right. And it also proved to us that really wanted to be cured. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I, I don't want to cut you off there. I want to, I want to piggyback off of that Go ahead. Um, with the discipleship part, but also the deliverance part. I know uh, me and myself, I, it, we, it's what we call, we still call it that brother Don cold Turkey. I know when I went into teen challenge, I was on, I was an athlete in high school was uh, had a bunch of sports injuries um, had a bad car wreck. You can see my hand from the car wreck. I mean, it's, it's still in tough shape, but that was where my opioid addiction kicked in. And so when I got into these wrecks and these sports injuries, they just, the doctor sent me home with a bottle full of pills and that's where my opioid addiction really kicked in. But, uh, getting to my point here is I went into teen challenge there in Fredericksburg, Virginia, cold Turkey. Um, and we have guys come into our program, cold Turkey, as well, sometimes, depending on what's going on, heroin and alcohol, sometimes, you know, if yeah. they say we need to go to a detox center, hey, go to a detox center. But I tell you what, I'm, I'm an old fat, I might be young, but I'm a little bit old fashioned. I still believe uh, in laying good. on yes. hands Amen. and anointing them with oil. And I have watched what you said. I have watched men um, just, you know, just just go through the detox and it, it be done and over with. I have also seen guys go through the process, you know, um, there is consequences for sin. 
And when you get mixed up in that lifestyle, you know, it, that can happen. I know for me, I didn't get instantly delivered. I felt bad when I got to Team Challenge Fredericksburg there on the farm for probably about a month, uh, just no yes. energy drained. Yes. But I was hungry and I was desperate to change my life. That's one of the points I wanted to get to, too. When you say that you got to minister to these people, they were desperate and, and hungry. And what you just described makes the best candidate. Sure, yes. It's the best candidate for a cure. Yes. Uh, they want it enough and willing to even to, to go through some suffering. Uh, yeah. And uh, so praise God. Praise yeah. God. Yeah, in order to be healed, you really need to be broken. And uh, yes. that's what we do with our program, Be the Bush Recovery Ministries. We're based off the Teen Challenge model. That's what Teen Challenge has been known for for years um, and is the Jesus factor. It's faith-based um, rehabilitation, faith-based discipleship. Uh, and now that we're on this topic, let's go ahead and go there, Brother Don. You know, what is it that is going on inside of some Teen Challenge Centers? I have seen it for myself, um, and uh, I'm highly disappointed with some of it, but we got to understand it's the Jesus factor. It's the discipleship factor of why people have been set free, why Teen Challenge has always been successful, and there's this new thing out, student-client model and the medical um, versus ministry model. Um, would you yes, please touch yeah. on that it, for a little it, bit? Yeah, it saddens me to, to see that. Uh, and, and, you know, um, we call ourselves faith-based. And most, uh, most of the time, we use that to refer to the fact that uh, the students are introduced to, to faith in God, faith in Christ. Right. Another part of it, and that is we who operate the program, we have to operate in faith that God will supply our financial needs. Yes. Um, it's become more and more of a challenge to raise the funds. Mm -hmm. and that creates a situation to bring about compromise, to begin to look to mammon, begin to look for other sources of income, mm -hmm. which cause you to, to compromise the program. And so now there are centers, thank God they're only in the minority, right. that uh, run a 30 or 60 day program and they get government funds. Mm -hmm. now, that's all well and good, uh, but technically they cannot disciple, they mm -hmm. can't evangelize, they can't pray, like what we talked about, mm -hmm. if you withdraw and to, uh, to pray for them, that's a no-no. Mm. And uh, now, in some places, they're allowed to go to chapel um, if they choose to. The choice that they can make, well, you, you know, Caleb. We, no, yeah. We don't give them the choice. Right. Uh, they, they, they have to go. Now, uh, they may not want to be there, but they go. But, it's in, but they're in an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. Yes. atmosphere of evangelism. Yes, Lord. And they're in an atmosphere where they look around and they see guys who've been there three months, four months, or five months uh, seeking the Lord and praising the Lord. Yes. And uh, when, when you have a program where it, it's filled with people who are just there as clients, 
And the reason the teen challenges have them is because they get money to do it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it saddens me uh, to see now, uh, I guess they justify it mm-hmm. because they say, well, they can go to chapel. Um, but there's a difference between going to chapel uh, and being in a total discipleship atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm, I'm very strong on the gospel from day one. Right. The gospel from day one. Anybody who would say, go to a, a ER unit, go to emergency unit in, in a hospital, and a doctor would come out and says, well, I see what you have. You, we got this medicine that can cure you, but you can't get it for 30 days. You can't get it for 60 days. My goodness. Then we'll give it to you. Mm. That would be medical malpractice. Right. And I think some of the teen challenges are, are committing gospel malpractice. Wow. Uh, wow. And, um, uh, and, and again, the motive is, is the, the, uh, the, I also call it, Jonathan, I call it bait and switch. And let mm-hmm. me explain what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. I ask some of them, why must you do this under the umbrella of Teen Challenge? This is not Teen Challenge. Do it right. properly. And yeah. they say, well, Teen Challenge has the reputation. So here's what they do. They trade off of the success of Teen Challenge that's come through deliverance, mm-hmm. that's come through spirit-filled workers, mm-hmm. trade off of that to open another program that's where you can't do deliverance, you can't pray for people, that's called bait and switch. Mm-hmm. Eat them with the history of teen child, and then you switch them to something else. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So if, I, I, I thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak out on it. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's I want to. It's a serious problem. But yeah. I, for those like you, uh, the, the, those who've come through the, what I call the, the deliverance discipleship model, most of I use the word discipleship, but um, I think I also need to use the word deliverance as we've just mm-hmm. talked about it. Yeah. The deliverance di- discipleship uh, model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, that's uh, m- most of the teen challengers, thankfully, are still following that model. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, I'm, I'll, I'll go ahead. Yeah. No. no yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I'm, I'm excited to hear that, you know, that there is still, these are the minority folks too. So don't get scared about teen challenges, uh, you know, across the country, as far as every one of them doing that. And there's also sons of the program like myself who have graduated teen challenge that have started um, faith-based programs that are like mine, Be the Bush Recovery. We're based off the teen challenge model. We use the teen challenge curriculum. We're on a discipline and a ticket system, just like Teen Challenge. I mean, um, you know, there's sons of the of the ministry and the program that are doing what I'm doing. Um, and then also there's so many Teen Challenges that are not doing that. I do want to touch on, you know, the issue you brought up, too, of government funding and those type of things. I know, you know, with our ministry, um, I, you know, when I remember being in Teen Challenge, I was actually on discipline at the time that I read the David Wilkerson biography. I had gotten in trouble. Um, got into a shouting match with a staff member. I was, uh, you know, big tough guy always, you know, nobody was going to tell me what to do. I was a drug dealer. I'd become an addict 
over my years of drug dealing, got into a shouting match with a staff member. And Pastor Jordan Cruz, you know him. He stuck me in a room for 14 hours uh, every day from wake up until and, and I wrote assignments and he come marching down there and he said, you know, Caleb, why should I let you stay in this program? And I said, because if I leave, I'm going to die or I'm going to end up in prison for the rest of my yes. life. And he said, I'm going to let you stay, but you're going to be on discipline. And I wrote those assignments and I read that autobiography or the biography um, of David Wilkerson. And uh, he, there were so many testimonies of how God provided Thank you, Lord, for bringing this to my mind. Yes. How God yes. provided for you guys in the early stages of this, and and there was no government funding. You know, it would be wonderful if the government wanted to bless a ministry like Teen Challenge Ministries, like ours, who the 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 proof is in the numbers, the proof's in the pudding per se about the results of the program. Teen Challenge at one point could claim an eighty-seven percent success rate of graduates. That study was done in the Jesus Factor book by an outside source, and they found that, um, you know, a program with that type of success, you would think the government would give them funding compared to a secular rehabilitation program that might have a 5 to 8% success rate. Um, but David Wilkerson talks so much about the provision of God. And in my ministry with uh, uh, Be the Bush Recovery Ministries and now our Ladies Home Miriam House, we have not received one government dime and cannot tell you uh, folks, can I tell you, Brother Don, we have not hurt for one thing. We have never missed one meal. We have never yes, not had money you. in the bank yes. account to pay the bills. God has provided through his body, through the, the body of Christ, through the family of God, through his children, um, what it is that we have needed. And we've seen God provide. And it saddens me to see leadership in certain ministries jump into these leaders and have no faith. And that kind of brings me to one point that I, I want to mention real quick, you know, I believe, you know, in some teen challenges, there's been some folks, you know, they're, they're not spirit filled and they're taking these positions and they turn the ministry into a business. Into a, to a business. And, it, and then uh, one, one director boasts about the, the millions of dollars that they get every year. And to me, that's not a testimony. That's an indictment. Mm -hmm. Indictment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I hate to hear that. And, and you know, I'm in contact with uh, quite a few graduates like yourself that have a program under various names. And every once in a while, one of them will tell me, Brother Dunn, I'm more Teen Challenge than Teen Challenge is. <laughs> and I understand what yes. they mean. They, so, they, they mean that they're old school, mm -hmm. uh, following the, uh, the original model. And um, look, the gospel... Um, the gospel never changes, right? And uh, and it works. It it's not that complicated. It's not that complicated um, mm -hmm. when you uh, when you share the gospel and you give the students uh, day day by day learn how to how to grow and mature. Uh, and one of the things I always say to the students is. Uh, we're not here to get your life back, get you your life back. If you get your life back, you'll just destroy it again mm -hmm. to help you give your life away. Yes, come on. To God and surrender yes. to his, his, his purposes. Right. And the wonderful thing about the gospel, it not only prepares you for heaven, it prepares you for earth. Right, right. And, you know, you, you mentioned um, 
in, in a conversation before, before we uh, went online here, uh, the importance of the local church. Yes. And, um, and um, I'm, I'm thankful that my brother and I had in the, in the church because we know that eventually one goes through Teen Challenge, um, they're going to have to live the rest of their life Mm-hmm. Right. Through the local church. Right. Through a local church some, somewhere. Right. And, and so um, we um, we expose our, our students to, uh, to, to to local churches. Uh, we teach on it. We preach on it. Uh, and um, and and thankfully, uh, there's more and more churches that are able to incorporate our converts uh, mm-hmm. into their congregation. Yes. And sometimes I need a little more attention than other people uh, mm-hmm. at the church. Uh, but um, we, we, we do thank God for the churches and the Christian people that open their hearts to the, the, the drug addicts. And, right. and they, they don't see them as addicts. Mm-hmm. See them as new believers in Christ, born again. Old things passed away. All things have become new. And so... Uh, uh, our relationship with the local church is very important. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was uh, my next question for you. So thank you for jumping right into that. I mean, the local, the role of the local church in the, uh, whatever you want to call it, the recovery community, really, you're, you hit it right, the nail right on the head. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it is new believers. That's people coming out of addiction into the kingdom of God, simply what they are is baby born again Christians. And we, as the church need to wrap our loving arms around them. Um, You know, I'm a pastor at the church that I stumbled in the doors in at 25 years old. I'm a broken individual. I grew up in church. I grew up in a Christian home. I had walked away from the Lord at 13 years old, started selling dope and doing drugs and all this crazy stuff. And it followed me till I was 25. And I followed it till I was 25. And I walked in the doors of this church and the pastor I mentioned this in episode one, but the pastor, he didn't come out of addiction um, and he didn't understand some of the things that I was going through. But he said, if I don't understand, I'm going to get you to somebody who does. And it was Tim Challenge who he called and the church was the resource. And that's one of my main goals through our podcast here on the Recovery to Recovered podcast is to empower the church. Let the church know we are the ones who are going to be able to bring people coming out of addiction and a lifestyle of sin. We're the ones who have to bring them in, not only get them to raise their hands at the end of our service, ask them to ask Jesus into our heart. Jesus never told you to do that. He said, make disciples of them. And so we have to disciple these people, bring them in, get them plugged into our Sunday school classes or Wednesday night services, church services. I was just happy too. And this is one of the the reasons why I was able to be successful. I haven't had a relapse or went back to the way that I was living or got mixed up in a bunch of sin. The reason why is because I had a local church that I was able to plug into when I got home. And I want to say this real quick before we move on with this topic with our students and our ministry where we see the greatest impact is in the local church. When I send my guys into spirit-filled atmospheres where God is, where the Holy Spirit of God is moving and interacting and uh, pouring his spirit upon uh, out on people is where we see deliverance happen. And it's where 
we see real change take place in our men and in our women. Um, you know, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people, that where two or three are gathered there, he is in the midst. You know, throughout this whole COVID-19 thing, yeah, I hear a lot of people saying, well, the church isn't a building and we're the church. That is true. Of course, that is true. We are the church. The church has left the building. I get all of those things. But to get to assemble together, the Bible also says, do not forsake the assembling of the saints and to be able to get together and to uh, worship together and and being put our guys in spirit filled atmospheres in the local church. It is where we have seen incredible well, incredible results. Look how much time is spent in the book of Moses mm -hmm. about the first local church called the Tabernacle. Right. <laughs> yes. 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 That's 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 the first thing. Uh, and you know, a part of discipleship is being a part of the local church and. You know, uh, there's, there's something refreshing about a new convert. Yes. I, I like to call on new converts to pray because, you know, they, they pray to God. As, as you get older in the Lord, you sometimes learn religious jargon. <laughs> but I, uh, it's refreshing to, to see uh, a new convert pray or a brand new convert give a testimony in the in the local church. Yes. Pressures the local church. Uh, it enables them to see what the power of the gospel is able to do. So I commend you for, uh, uh, for blending together uh, rehab, faith-based rehab and the local church. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, it's been incredible. And we have seen so many great local churches in our community. My church being one of them, of course, where I'm an associate pastor there. Uh, so many other churches uh, partner with us, and that's where we send our students on a rotation on Sundays and Wednesdays, and um, it has been incredible. And I'll tell you one thing for me, you know, too, was to see the reaction when I was in the program, you know, there in Fredericksburg, Virginia, Pastor Mike Zello, um, when we would go to different churches, and these people, they wouldn't look at us funny. They didn't you know, try to stay away from us. They would wrap their arms around us, come hug yeah. us, come love on yeah. us. And oh, the team challenge guys are here tonight and just come bless us and minister yeah. to us. That was the most encouraging thing for me as a person coming out of a lifestyle of addiction. I thought to myself, wow, these are real Christians. This yeah. is real. Uh, you know, when That's I seen right. the body of Christ being the body of Christ, I was like, well, this, this is true. This is real. Cause I had never seen that to, before yeah. really, to be quite honest. And um, so it was a huge, huge blessing to me, um, you know, to, to be able to, to see that and for the local church to be a part of that. Um, Brother Don, I want to talk to you real quick. Uh, as we're finishing up, we're almost at about 30 minutes here. And I know we could talk probably for hours and hours, um, you know, closing out. Um, I, I want to, hear from you real quickly um what do you think your brother david would have to say about where we're at with faith-based uh, rehabilitation and, and ministry and even some of the things going on in in teen challenge and then also closing out talk about your ideal um something that you're working on as far as the faith-based short-term program do you mind to close out with that yeah let me tell you a little story it happened about a year ago young man came to us in Brooklyn. He was from uh, Pennsylvania, but he had been in another uh, Teen Challenge Center, mm -hmm. left. And uh, I said to him, why 
believe. He said, you can't talk about God in that program. My gosh. He didn't, he had just learned who I was. And, and he said, uh, well, you, you, you and your brother, you, know, you started this. What do you think about this? And I said, well, I'm not happy about it. But I walked away from him. And, and I told my wife or I told my friend, I said, when I walked away, I think I heard, the, uh, I heard a rumble in the ground. It was my brother turning over in his grave. Mm. Hearing a student, he left Teen Challenge for two reasons. One, wow. to get off drugs. And number two, to get away from Teen Challenge. My gosh. Away from Teen Challenge. My God, we've come to this. My brother, uh, my, my, my brother, uh, <laughs> I, I know he wouldn't be happy about it. Um, mm -hmm. And... Um, uh, yeah, and uh, I'm, well, it, I'm thankful that the Lord, uh, I, I, I got the virus, I, I got uh, COVID-19 in March, the Lord brought me through it. Yes, I remember hearing about that. I, I still, I, my health has come back strong, and, and um, as long as I have my breath, I'm going to uphold the original vision of Teen Challenge. Amen, brother. And, Amen. And, and I'm, I'm going to boast in a good way about people like yourself, Caleb, who uh, have come through the deliverance slash discipleship model uh, yeah. and um, uh, are, are, are now duplicating yourself. Um, now, and, and, um, and I'm blessed when, when um, and I'm not surprised to hear you say, we haven't missed a meal. Mm -hmm. Mr. Mill, and you know, I'm the president of Brooklyn Teen Challenge. Right, yes. Original flagship center. Yes. And we are at the epicenter of the COVID-19 yeah. Brooklyn and in New York. We're at the epicenter of it. And besides myself, only one other young man got it because he went out to the store when he wasn't supposed to go to the store and he went to the store, he was an intern, he went to the store, he was, he was, he, 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 normally he was allowed to go out, but at that time he was not allowed right. to go out. He went out and he got it and we had to isolate him, but he came through it. But mm -hmm. that he's protected us. Yeah. And, you know, we, we're, we're serving 40 to 50 people a day in our, in our, in our center and thank God we haven't lost a meal. Yes. We have been given probably 15 tons of food. Yeah. And we've distributed it uh, all over the place because, oh. um, you know, we can't use uh, 15 tons of food. We, sure. we, um, and and the, the Lord has taken care of it. Amen. Amen. Yes. And I uh, forgot to mention that earlier, you know, you're an overcomer of COVID-19. The Lord protecting you, giving you strength. You remind me, I'm reminded of the story of, of Caleb in the Bible. He was 80 years old and he said, God has given me this territory and I don't mind if anybody's left up there. I'm going to get mine. I, I honor you so much, Brother Don. I, I'm so grateful for men and generals in the faith like you who paved the way. And, uh, you know, and I just want to say this to piggyback off of what you said about, uh, you know, these teen challenges. They are few. They are the minority. Um, there are still 
so many great, wonderful team challenges. Uh, I would say probably 80 to 90% of them. This is a very yes, small exactly. minority. Um, exactly. And then there's also sons of the ministry like myself who have opened up uh, centers um, on our own. And the Lord directed us to, to go and take territory in our hometowns and in different areas and things like that. And so we're not just, you know, we're not trying to beat up against Teen Challenge. As he said, he's a director, uh, still the director of Brooklyn Teen Challenge, one of the first Teen Challenges ever. Um, so this isn't a witch hunt or anything, we're, but we're talking about these things because if nobody will speak and talk uh, and, and speak about these issues, nobody will speak up against it. It can't change. If people don't realize what they're That's doing, right. they cannot stop doing what they're doing. And so we got to know and understand that in faith-based rehabilitation, Jesus is it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, deliverance, spirit-filled atmospheres, the Jesus factor. He's the one that does it. He's the yeah. one that sets these people free. And, and the sad thing is that there is a uh, new generation of leaders nationally in the national office of Teen Challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have a clue about how to run Teen Challenge. Yeah have the DNA of Teen Challenge in them. Yeah. They do not know the God of David and Don and Caleb. <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> they, amen. They, they don't know the Teen Challenge that, that we know. Mm -hmm. and, and now they're pushing the um, medical model and they want to partner with the government. And look, we started, we, went, we partnered with the God the Father, <laughs> God the Son, and the God the Holy Ghost. And uh, let's keep it that way, Caleb. Amen. Way. Amen, Brother Don. Amen. Brother Don, I am uh, just, like I said, I just honor you. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate generals in the faith such as yourself, such as the late, great Pastor David Wilkerson. Um, you know, you guys, uh, you know, the anointing that was upon your life um, that, that gave guys like me a shot. Man, I, I feel the Holy Spirit of God right now upon me just talking about it. Uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And I just want to, you know, I'm not interested in leaving a legacy for myself. I believe Be the Bush Recovery Ministries will be here a hundred years after I'm gone. That's right. Why? Because I am building it upon the foundation, Jesus Christ. It's not Amen. about me, not about anybody else. And, and, and but I just, I'm just so thankful for men like you. Thankful for the program of Teen Challenge, the nationally renowned program of Teen Challenge, and thankful for our students as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show um, today and, and being with us. It was a pleasure to get to talk with you and I'm sure we'll be getting on the phone. I got your phone number now, so you might have to, okay. you might have to block me or something. I'll be glad to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy <laughs> but, uh, to do it. Well, I just want to, if you, if you are listening, uh, please rate and subscribe to the show recovery to recovered podcast. We were with Don Wilkerson today, had a wonderful conversation. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for checking out our podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. You can check out our podcast on any network uh, that you listen to. We're on Google Play, iTunes, any of those platforms. You can find us on there. Please like and subscribe, rate the show. Thank you for tuning in. Join us next week. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner 
or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.